Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 14, and verses 36 through 47. Listen for the words of God. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made Jesus both Lord and Messiah, this one whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Friends, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corruption, corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day, the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for baptism. I pray that on this day you would open our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our minds to the message you have for us. In the name of Christ, amen. Well, over the past few months, I have been talking to a lot of different people about baptism, asking them if they've been baptized, asking to hear their stories, and uh, just connect about it. And I've talked to some of you about this. I've talked to a lot of people also outside of the church, um, spouses and partners of friends and extended family members and even some strangers, and I have found something interesting. When I ask people, have you been baptized, I get the same two-word response from so many people. I wonder if you have any, any guesses, but I've said to so many people, hey, have you been baptized? And whatever the response is, it usually starts with these two words. Yes, but. Yes, but it was in the Catholic Church a long time ago, or yes, but. It was before I really understood what Christianity was about. Yes, but I was a little baby and I don't remember anything about it. Yes, but the church I was baptized in doesn't exist anymore. It closed. Yes, but the denomination I was baptized in hurt me and I don't feel connected to them anymore. One person even told me, yes, but the pastor that baptized me was later defrocked. Yes, but. 
Many of us have been baptized and have some connection to the sacrament, but we're not quite sure of its meaning or at least its lasting meaning. We're not quite sure what it has to do with us here and now. In the Presbyterian Church, we call baptism a sacrament, one of only two sacraments, the other being communion or the Lord's Supper. So it's a big deal. It's one of only two things that we say are true sacramental practices. I think, though, that baptism is one of the most misunderstood practices in the church. For one, we don't get to see it a whole lot. We practice communion, we celebrate the Lord's Supper every single month, but this day and age, Fort Street is not unique in having one or two baptisms a year. I think it's also misunderstood because different denominations emphasize different things about baptism, and some people have very different beliefs about it and wonder what it actually means or if it actually does anything. Baptism as a topic is so rich and full, and we could do months of sermon series on baptism if we, if we wanted to. It's a topic that I love to talk about, and if you're curious about Presbyterian baptism in particular, I always encourage you to reach out to me or to Pastor Garrett. We love talking about things like this. But I'll give you just a couple of overview basics about what we as Presbyterians say about baptism, and you, you heard some of them just a moment ago. But Presbyterians say the practice, the sacrament of baptism, is a sign of God's promise. It has deep layers of meaning connected to dying and rising with Christ, connected to reorientation and renewal, connected to the gift of the Holy Spirit and inclusion in the family of God. It's a call to justice and righteousness. And I want to mention intentionally, too, that Presbyterians do not believe that baptism is a transactional, salvific moment. That word saved came up in our text uh, in the book of Acts today, and it can be a word with a whole lot of confusion and baggage. So I want to be clear, Presbyterians do not believe that baptism is a transaction where you are automatically guaranteed entrance into heaven, and if you haven't been baptized, there's no way you will get into heaven. That's not what we believe as Presbyterians. We believe instead it is a sign of a truth that is already true and it's a way to initiate our community in the family of God. So when we teach baptism to children in particular, we emphasize that part about being part of a family and belonging to God. So Pastor Garrett and I have uh, our almost two-and-a-half-year-old Naima, and one of the joys of that experience has been um, being able to reacquaint ourselves with some old uh, Disney movie classics. So we, um, we are full supporters of the Disney Channel. We have been watching more of that probably than Naima has. And we've been able to sort of revisit some of the fun movies from our past. And not too long ago, we watched the movie Toy Story. And if you haven't, have, how many of you have seen Toy Story? Just show of hands. Oh, good. So you know the routine. It's this little boy, Andy, and his toys, and his toys come alive when the humans aren't around, right? And they have all kinds of adventures, and they really want their people to love them. And so Andy has this favorite toy named Woody, the little cowboy, and he takes Woody everywhere. He loves him. Woody loves Andy. They are so 
connected. And so to show this connection, I don't know if you remember this, Andy writes his name on the bottom of Woody's cowboy boot. A-N-D-Y. And the N is backwards because Andy's only six when he gets Woody, and he marks that Woody belongs to him. Now, if Woody gets lost on a playground or on a bus, there is no doubt who he belongs to. A-N-D-Y, Andy. It's written in permanent ink. In baptism, we are claimed and marked as members of the family of God. Not with permanent ink, not with a tattoo, but with water. And when that happens, there's an effect. Something happens. The scripture text that Charles just read comes about on the day of Pentecost, after Christ has been raised and all of the followers have gathered together trying to figure out what to do next and where to go. And they're all together, people from different languages and cultures and nations, and they're in this space, and all of a sudden these tongues of fire descend on them and they receive the Holy Spirit and they can understand each other. And after the chaos of this experience, after the excitement of this experience, Peter stands up and starts to preach and to talk to the people and to help them understand what's happening. He talks about connecting to the life that Jesus showed them, a life of sacrifice and love. And these people, it says, are cut to the heart. And so they decide to mark this moment, that they feel their lives are going in a new direction. They decide to mark this moment with the sign of baptism. They're joined together in the family of God. They're marked as Christ's own, and they belong to each other and to God. And I wonder if you caught what happened after so many were baptized. It changed them as individuals and as a community. It says they were united together and devoted to eating together and to learning together and to spending time with each other, and it made them people of awe, of amazement and wonder. And it made them generous people who were willing to share of everything that they had to give to anyone in need. It made them people who were committed to each other and to God. And so Peter reminds them this way of life, this baptismal promise, it's for you and it's for your children and it's for all who are far away and near anyone who God calls. In baptism, we are claimed and marked in the family of God and it fills us with awe and generosity and community. But then sometimes life happens and life gets in the way. We drift from our baptismal communities, we move to different churches, we get hurt by churches in some really significant ways. Other priorities come into our lives, we don't feel a generous life, and we forget. Are you baptized? Yes, but. The good news is that baptism is bigger 
than any of the reasons we might preface our story with yes, but. Baptism is bigger than the church doing the baptizing or the pastor doing the baptizing. If you notice, when we performed the baptism for Jack, we did not say, in the name of Fort Street Presbyterian Church and Pastor Sarah. We said, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We talk about being sealed by God and welcomed into the family of God, and that takes place in a particular church with particular people, but it's also about the bigger church and the bigger family of God that extends for generations and generations. In the Presbyterian Church, we say we believe in one baptism, and that means whenever and wherever you were baptized, it counts. In fact, we are not allowed to baptize you if you have already been baptized. And that is a confirmation of this belief that baptism is about what God has done, not about what any church has done or what any denomination has done or what any pastor has done or even what any of you have done. It's about what God has done. So whenever and wherever you were baptized, whether you remember it or not, you are marked as Christ's own and belong to the family of God. And spoiler alert, in the Presbyterian Church, we believe that this sacrament is a celebration of the truth that is already true. So even if you have not been baptized, this message is for you, and you belong. So maybe you remember your baptism clearly. Maybe you're still connected to that community. Maybe it was this community at Fort Street, and maybe you feel close to that promise. But maybe you have one of those stories that starts with, yes, but. Either way, the scripture reminds us we have the same call to remember our baptism and to respond to it. So in the second Toy Story movie, Woody, the cowboy, gets stolen by this greedy toy collector who's trying to get the whole collection of the Woody cowboy theme and sell it for a lot of money. So after a while, Woody gets kind of caught up in the fame and the glory of being so desired. And he begins to doubt if Andy really loves him, and Woody just kind of loses his way. And then at one point when he's particularly discouraged, Woody sits down and he starts rubbing on the bottom of his boot, and he sees Andy's name. It's a reminder I am loved. I belong to someone. I have a home. I won't spoil it because it's such a great movie, but this changes what Woody does. Remember your baptism. Remember that you too belong and have a home. Even if you were baptized as a baby and you don't quite remember it or even have people around you anymore who can help you remember details about it, you are part of the collective memory of generations and generations of people who have heard those words that we just heard. You are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
we can collectively hold the memory for one another. So remember. The act of remembering is a spiritual practice, I believe. I've been doing a lot of uh, reading and listening to uh, the practice of doing a life review. And this is uh, an experience that can be done in many ways, but a lot of older adults are encouraged to do this practice of reviewing their own life, of thinking back with great detail and researching themselves in a way to think about all of the things that they have experienced and gone through. Some people make a scrapbook out of this life review experience. Some draw a huge timeline. Some people journal through it. And there have been really fascinating research projects about the power of doing a life review, especially for older adults. One uh, research study showed that doing a life review makes older adults happier. It helps them to resolve past conflicts, to reconstruct their life story, and to accept their present conditions. In Life Review, older adults talk about remind, being reminded of the fact that they have gone through a lot and been brave, that they have overcome some really difficult things, that they've experienced great highs and very difficult things. But in the process of looking at it as a whole, in the spiritual practice of remembering, they feel more whole. I wonder what would happen if we did an intentional spiritual life review. Remember your baptism. Remember communities where you have felt inspired to be generous, where you have felt awe and wonder, where you have been part of a true community, and where you have worshipped. And then once we do that remembering, we're invited to respond and to make a home in the family of God. It doesn't have to be in the original congregation or place where you were baptized, but to know that you are part of a family that's bigger than yourself. We all know the difference between a house that we live in and a place that becomes a home, something where we feel safe to go back to and know that we can be at peace. Baptism changes us because it reminds us we belong to God and to each other. And when you know that you belong somewhere, it helps you to be brave and loving. So our baptisms should help us act like we know we belong. One of the ways this might play out is that we live out our baptismal vows that we just took as a congregation to love and to support Jack and others who have been baptized, to say, yes, we are part of this community together and we are going to help one another grow. Think about creative ways you might be able to support those baptized in our midst. Send them birthday cards. Reach out to their parents and offer to babysit so they can go on a date. Invite them to participate in church activities. Pick them up from soccer practice. Be an extended family member, demonstrating that we all belong. My hope is that when we're asked, have you been baptized? We might say something like, yes, and I belong to the family of God. So do you.
I have a home there. We belong to each other. Our stories are all connected, so let's remember baptism together and make a home in the family of God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you that you claim us and mark us as your own with water. And water cannot be separated out. We can't own any piece of it. But God, we are together. We swirl together as your people and as your family. Bless us, God, as we seek to remember our own baptisms and respond in love. In Jesus' name, amen.